to the first Sunday of Advent at Hollywood United Methodist Church. We welcome you in person and online. If you are here today and you brought back one of your compassion bears, feel free during the opening hymn to come forward and place it here with, with all their other friends. So now let us join our hearts and our minds together as we have our bishop in residence, Marianne Swinson, lead us in the lighting of the first Advent candle. We have endured these past few years, and we know that there is more ahead of us that we will face. We don't know if we have the strength to withstand what might be around the next corner, and we wonder who will stand with us, who will have our back, who will occupy our corner, who is with us. That is what we begin to wonder these days who will light our way and chart our course? Who is on our side? Who will welcome us home again? Home. The prophet Jeremiah speaks of a branch that will be raised. Jesus spoke of a son of man that will descend. Both point to hope, a hope that calls us home our true home, where we're welcomed and loved and included, where there is justice and equality and peace. It's time this Advent season, it's time to go home. We light this first candle today as a sign of our hope, our strong hope that there is a way to go home. To the home in Christ, it starts with us. It starts here. It starts now. It's time to go home.
So once again, I'd like to invite any children that are here today that would like to come forward. Come on down. I'd love to have you on the steps and all the children are welcome. I know for the last couple months, we've just been doing certain kids, but you know, the kids have been going back to school. They're sitting with their friends. They're wearing their masks. So we decided that this is okay for us to do again. So it is wonderful to have the children again. Let's have a round for the children back on the steps. So nice. And to all the children watching at home online, we welcome you as well. So raise your hand if you ate too much on Thanksgiving. Did anybody eat too much? No? Okay, I'm talking to you two now. I'm talking to the children now, so <laughs> just so you know, that's who I'm talking to. Um, did anybody eat something that was their favorite thing? What was the favorite? Yeah. Um, cranberry sauce. Cranberry sauce. Well, that's really good. That's great. Stuffing. Stuffing. Wow, I love this stuff. Um, whatever I was eating was my favorite, so it just went on in a circle. <laughs> whatever you were eating was your favorite, so it just kept going. And so did you eat too much? No? Okay, good. It was just the right amount. Oh, you did eat way too much. Okay, okay. Well, I'm glad that everything was your favorite. I, let's see, what was my favorite thing? I, you know, also, who said cranberry sauce? I have a cranberry relish that we make that I really like. It's like oranges and apples and cranberries. So much to be thankful for. And now, here we are. Thanksgiving is over. We're here starting the Christmas celebration. And this is our first Sunday of Advent. And so we're going to and we're going to celebrate our first Sunday in Advent in children's ministry, and we're going to create an Advent calendar. And so this is a time of waiting. It is a timing of waiting, not just for Christmas, but for the peace of Christ to come in this earth, and for us to think about how we can help bring that peace. So we can bring it with our siblings. We can bring it to our parents. We can bring it in our classrooms. We can bring, be messengers and people who bring peace. And so all season long, we will, we will talk about Advent and how we can bring God's kingdom to come wherever we are. Okay? Let's pray, and we'll go off to Sunday school. Heavenly Father, Creator, we love you, and we thank you for each of the children that are here, the children that are not here, the children that are home watching online. Thank you for their faith, their hope, their imaginations, their sense of humor, the laughter and joy they bring to us. God, I pray for each of them to be, that this season would be one, not just of waiting for presents and toys, that is really fun and part of the season, but also that they would see you in all of creation. They would see how amazing you are, the way that you've created us, created our world, created these seasons, and sent your son to show us what love is like and how to live and love. I pray that today would be fun and that it would be a preparation for this entire season in our children's church. In your name, Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. As we head off to children's church, I invite you all to stand and socially distance past the peace of Christ to one another through waves and taps. Desner. 
The peace of the Lord be with you. All right, it sounds so good coming back. I'd like to invite you now to take a moment and to settle yourself and allow our choir and amazing music director, John West, to lead us into our con contemplative time of prayer. Heavenly Creator, as we enter into this period of holy expectation, we are grateful for the reminder of this journey of faith. Holy One, it has been a few years of constant change, much of it laden with stress and fear and too much loss. But God, we are grateful because life has continued to move forward. And we have known births and new opportunity. We have seen and experienced the power of people coming together in your name to be of service. And for this, we are grateful. We thank you for this first Sunday of Advent, for the reminder of the hope that has been promised. Guide us towards the things to come towards the inbreaking that has the possibility to change the order of the world around us. We are waiting. We are longing. God, we are crying out for the Prince of Peace, the wonderful counselor, the Lamb of God, the way, for he who shall deliver us from the struggle and the strife. We are grateful to you for both this period of anticipation and for the assurance that faith brings us every day, that the hope is promised and Christ is with us. We are grateful for the signs of hope we see this morning in this world for the return of our children to the steps of the church, for this opportunity to worship together, for the many changes we have seen in the fight and struggle for justice and healing for people living with HIV and AIDS. We are grateful for the hope that the conviction of the murderers of Ahmad Abri brings to us, even though it is only a small measure of justice for him and his family. And we pray that we will continue to build worlds where we can confront the most difficult things in ourselves and in others to seek a more loving and peaceful world.
We pray this morning for the growth of peace and justice and for the changing of hearts, for the changing of our own hearts, for the power and the strength and the humility and the tenderness to challenge systems that are broken or that perpetuate harm and pain, and for the strength to do the good work of building communities of love and welcome. We pray for the healing of the sick and those who are in recovery and especially from our own community this morning. We continue to pray and lift up Ron and Penny and Bonnie. And we pray for the family of Mark and for Mark himself during this time. This morning on this special Sunday, we also mourn the many lives that have been lost to HIV and AIDS. For those in our community, the too many to be named, but whose names live forever in you and on our hearts. May we never forget the struggle that they live through to be heard, to be seen, to be cared for, and to be healed. We pray for each and every new diagnosis in our community and around the world globally. May we be faithful in our commitment to walk alongside those who are faced with this illness. May we be a prayerful, loving, constant, and agitational force, calling for research, for medication, for change, and for a cure, for those affected in our community and every corner of our world. Oh God, we give you thanks for your life-giving love. May we so show such love to one another as we search for treatments, seek a cure, and strive for prevention. And precious God, we know that each and every one of us is made in your image, beloved and desired. And we are grateful for this knowledge. Give us the strength to tell it to others, to let them know that they are not alone, that they are welcome, that they are wanted, and that they are needed in whichever way God has brought them to us, in whichever way they hunger for your presence. God, we have many more prayers lingering in our hearts and our minds, and now we make a time to offer them to you silently. We are grateful for your son who has loved us completely and invited us into co-working for the transformation of this world and whose prayer we gladly pray to you now. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
morning, friends. Thank you for joining me in this time of prayer and contemplation. It is indeed a joy to be with you on this first Sunday of Advent. I have a few announcements to share with you for the good of our community. First, we will today be celebrating the Wallace Memoria celebration for caregivers right here in our sanctuary. It is an honor to be able to host this worship service that will happen this afternoon, and all are welcome to stay and join us if you'd like to be here. We'll have a number of special guests, and we will in this way continue the work that we have been doing for decades to fight for justice for our brothers and sisters living with HIV and AIDS in our community. Also, thank you to those of you who have brought back our beautiful compassion bears. Do they look good? I think they look great. If you still have them, yeah. You can continue to bring them back to us. Um, there's no too late a date. Uh, if, if they don't get in on time, we'll take them later, but we would like to have them in the coming weeks so that we can make sure to have a lovely Christmas gift for our kids that we like to visit with that are living um, and dealing with HIV and AIDS in their own life in the pediatric AIDS unit. Today, starting today, Advent devotions are available online, written by the rest of the members of this congregation. Please feel free to visit daily and experience that. And really exciting, we were not sure this would be possible, but we are really praying and excited to share that we will have Christmas Eve service here in our sanctuary together on Christmas Eve at 6 p.m. So we really missed being with you last year. It was actually really hard on us as your pastors. And so we are super glad to be able to be back here with you. And lastly, I wanted to share with you that um, once again this year, we will be having our annual Christmas dinner right here in the parking lot that we co-host with the Temple Israel of Hollywood. It's an incredible experience where we get to serve our community and anybody who likes to participate. It's been going on for 30 years and we anticipate serving more than 1,500 guests this Christmas Day. You can participate by donating new toys that will be distributed at the Christmas meal event. You could bring them here or actually the um, Temple of Israel of Hollywood has an opportunity for you just to order them online and send them and they'll start collecting them. You can volunteer for a Christmas meal set up on Christmas Eve. They have shifts between 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. And then um, they're also doing a drop off of baked goods if you like to bake from 12 to 2 p.m. And if you feel like being out here serving your community and being with your um, fellow sisters and brothers on Christmas Day, they're looking for volunteers to help serve that meal, and there are shifts between 8 a.m. and 2 p.m. You can find it all online, um, and it's very accessible, and also we have it on our website. Love to see you there, love to see you there celebrating. And finally, everything that we do, every work that we undertake at HUMC, Every new venture in ministry is made possible by your faithful and generous giving. And we encourage you to give as generously as able as this church begins to work its way out of the pandemic and continue to do the life-giving, life-changing ministry that we have been a part of here in this corner in Hollywood. You can give online, you can give old school ways, you can drop it in the basket on your way out. We're appreciative of your talents and your time as well as your financial gifts because it makes it possible for us to continue to be a bold, progressive, and loving witness for Christ in the world to a people who need that love and that acceptance. Amen.
A reading from Luke. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth, distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard, so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day catch you unexpectedly, like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place, and to stand before the Son of Man. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Happy New Year. Today is the first Sunday of Advent, the beginning of the Christian year. And you all thought it was January 1. Mm -mm. No, it's the first Sunday of Advent. This year, our Advent sermon series is in, simply entitled Hope. Because Advent, the four weeks prior to Christmas, is the season of hope. Hope of the promise of the Savior. Hope that the Christ child is coming. Hope in our children who embody the love of God. Hope for all this Christmas time. We are officially in the season of waiting and expectation of the birth of the one true hope of the world. And we might wonder as we begin this new Christian year, what exactly did we just hear? It doesn't seem like Advent why are we talking about the second coming and having Jesus talk to us about it in such stark terms? Well, every three years, there's what's called a lectionary where there are scripture passages for each Sunday in that particular year. I typically don't stay on lectionary. We preach in series. But this year, I thought, let's just do the lectionary reading for the first Sunday of Advent. They run this particular year in reverse narrative order. The scriptures start with the end of Luke's gospel and they move back to the beginning. So we begin today with the teaching of Jesus, which happened right before his death and resurrection in Jerusalem. And then we're followed by John's prophecy in the wilderness. We'll then celebrate Joy Sunday with our children in a special service. And we will conclude Advent with Mary's Magnificat. But for today... We are wrestling with the apocalyptic words of Jesus, which he spoke right before his death, describing what it's going to be like when he returns. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what's coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. 
Then they will see the Son of Man in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Now, let me put that in a different way that a colleague wrote that may make it easier for us to understand what Jesus is really saying to us. There'll be wars and political tumult, distress among nations. There'll be climate catastrophe, signs in the sun, moon and stars. There'll be global pandemic, breathless from fear and foreboding. There will be unemployment and hate crimes, racist ideologies, death-dealing illness, displacement by terror, and anything else that traps people in fear or despair, because that's what it means to have your hearts weighed down. Hmm, exciting stuff. Jesus then goes on to tell a parable of sorts about a fig tree, an image which doesn't really mean much to us, but back in the day, his followers would have known that that fig tree was a symbol of life out of death, a symbol of hope that comes after the winter, the hope of new birth. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. Jesus says, as soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourself and know that summer is already near. So when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. In other words, when you see the buds on the tree, you're going to know that summer's right around the corner. In the same way, there, is going to, there are going to be signs that will point to the return of Christ. Signs that will be very evident to the Christian community. And because of that, Jesus says, we are to be alert. We're to be ready for the coming of the end. The followers of Christ should therefore not be caught up in either the excessive pleasures or worries of the day, but rather we are to remain watchful. Now, we know that there are some subsects of Christianity that make a cottage industry out of watching for the end times, saying they know exactly when the second coming will happen. Here's a comic strip from just a few years ago. Isn't the world supposed to end on the 21st of December? It's possible all of the signs of the apocalypse have been present since Jesus' crucifixion. We're called to watch and not be fooled. Ooh, I'm good then. I've watched all the zombie movies. This is as good as it gets in terms of comedy, guys, so I'm just telling you. <laughs> and then there's another one. Hey, Siri, set a reminder for the second coming of Jesus. Okay, so there, there, there ends the, the comedic portion of the sermon. But family, if this pandemic has taught us anything, it's that we cannot predict the future. Who'd have thunk last Sunday that there would be a brand new variant of COVID called Omicron? And the question is, is it going to be like the Mu variant? Who would, people will say, huh? What was that? Right. Good. Or will it be like the Delta variant? We don't know. We're going to go ahead and plan for that 6 o'clock Christmas Eve service. Um, and we will, but we will, be making, we will be keeping watch to see what the signs are showing us. And it's important to remember that Luke is not suggesting that Jesus is offering us a timeline in this passage. But he is telling us, he's reminding us that we need always to stay ready. The great preacher and writer Frederick Brickner on this passage once sermonized that 
I think we are waiting. That's what's at the heart of it. Even when we don't know that we're waiting, I think we're waiting. Even when we can't find words for what we're waiting for, I think we're waiting. An ancient Advent prayer supplies us with the words. Give us grace, it says, that we may cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. We who live much of the time in the darkness are waiting not just at Advent, but at all times for the advent of light, of that ultimate light that is redemptive and terrifying at the same time. It's redemptive because it puts an end to the darkness, and that's why it's also terrifying. Because for so long, for all our lives, the darkness has been home. And because to leave home is always cause for terror. So to wait for Christ to come in his fullness is not just a passive thing, a pious, prayerful, churchy thing. On the contrary, to wait for Christ to come in his fullness is above all else to act in Christ's stead as we know how. To wait for Christ is as best as we can to be Christ to those who need us to be Christ to them and to bring them the most we have of Christ's healing and hope because unless we bring it, it may never be brought at all. On this World AIDS Sunday, we give thanks for those who had a vision of what God's kingdom on earth could and should look like, who wanted our magnificent building as well as its congregation to be a symbol of hope for all who seek justice and inclusion and love. And by the grace of God, we have and continue to be. One of the people who stood as a longtime symbol of hope in this congregation was our church secretary, Grace Godin, for whom the Grace Room is named. In her office, the main office downstairs, hung this poster. I have AIDS. Please hug me. I can't make you sick. And if you notice, it's a child. Back in the early days of the pandemic, of the AIDS pandemic, I need now to clarify, members of the LGBTQ community were routinely excluded from public places, including churches, for fear of catching AIDS, even after it was well documented that it was not airborne and it was not easily spread. Children who were affected were isolated and not uh, allowed to attend school. Think of Ryan White, most notably. And technology for doing remote learning was not anywhere near what it is today. So around the same year as I understand it, that the red ribbons placed, were placed on the tower in 1993, Grace hung that poster in her office. And she truly did live out what it said. She gave hugs to every child and adult who entered, if they wanted one, for over 30 years in total. This afternoon at 2.30, we will be hosting the first World AIDS Day Remembrance event of several between now and Wednesday by the Wall Las Memorias, an organization that came about as a, the first publicly funded uh, group that built a monument to, to those who were lost in the AIDS pandemic in Lincoln Park. 
Today is a celebration of the caregivers, especially those who were first responders in the early days of the AIDS pandemic, now spanning 40 years. And this church served as one of those, for we incubated the Names Project, Project Angel Food, and so many other organizations. When organizations that were eventually became APLA and others did not exist. Our red ribbons, the walls, AIDS monument in Lincoln Park, these are signs of hope for us this Advent. Hope that even amidst the devastation of AIDS and now COVID, the light will overcome the darkness. That is our faith. That is our promise. That is what we wait for this Advent season. Audrey West of Luther Seminary writes that the apocalyptic vision shared by Jesus is assurance that even, and perhaps especially, in the face of devastation, whether it is caused by nature's fury or by human hubris, the reign of God will not be impeded. No matter how much it appears that the world is coming undone, God's way endures. No matter how much it appears that the world is coming undone, God's way endures. One closing example from not too distant history. Ruby Bridges was just six years old when she was chosen in 1960 as the first African-American child to integrate the William France Elementary School in New Orleans. Photos show the incredible courage of this little girl who was escorted to school each morning by federal marshals to protect her from the angry white parents who screamed curses and insults and threats at her each day. And the renowned psychologist from Harvard, Robert Coles, interviewed Ruby in an effort to determine how young children cope with such frightening and dehumanizing abuse day after day. And in the interview, Ruby told Dr. Coles that she prayed for the people who threatened her, who insulted her, who spat at her. Her mother and her pastor had told her that God was watching over her each day. And it was her responsibility to pray for and forgive the people who opposed her. When Dr. Coles asked Ruby if she thought that this was good advice, she said, I'm sure God knows what's happening. He may not do anything right now, but there will come a day. Like they say in church, there will come a day. You can count on it. That's what they say in church. There will come a day. Family, there will come a day. So let us, as the family of faith, pledge this Advent to look for the signs and be the signs of hope in our midst and to be thankful because hope is promised. Amen.
Go now into this season of Advent, being a sign of hope for others. Go now in peace to love and serve the world. Amen.